Yes, indeed. Here we go with another installment of the No Longer Athletic Sports Podcast Show. I am your host, Aaron Shafter. I hope everyone out there had a great and productive week. This week, I'll be joined by one of my contributors, Avery Lindsay, and a very special guest, none other than UFC star Nathan Manis, to talk about this Saturday night's UFC 270 show and Ganu versus Gain. But first, some thoughts on this weekend. The NFL playoffs dominated the weekend in the world of sports. There were no big shockers when it came to the victors in those playoff matchups. And for all you Cowboy fans out there truly upset, just know I called the 49ers to take out them boys. If we want to discuss something that may have been surprising, then let's talk about how great Buffalo, Kansas City, and Tampa Bay all looked in their wins. Let's not get all caught up in all the smoke and mirrors. All three beat lesser caliber teams. However, the way that their offenses were clicking came across as super scary. Patrick Mahomes seems to have returned to his MVP form, even though it was against a Steeler secondary who left too many wide open spaces in zone coverage. Tom Brady carved up the Eagles without Godwin and Antonio Brown at wide receiver, and Josh Allen put on a dissection of the Patriots' defense. The matchups for this coming week should be fun to watch with KC versus Buffalo as the headliner. After just a weekend of playoff football, every team remaining has a true chance at the Super Bowl, and yes, even the Cincinnati Bengals. When we come back, I'll be joined by Avery Lindsay and UFC star Nathan Manis to talk UFC 270. I'm joined now by contributor Avery Lindsay, and he's got a 14-1 record. He is 3-0 in the UFC, and he recently knocked out Tony Gravely in the second round. It's UFC star Nathan Manis. How's it going, guys? Doing well. Everything's going good. Good. Avery, before we get going, uh, before I got you on the air, uh, I did my little weekend thoughts as far as the NFL goes. So I know you're a big Buffalo Bills fan. Big night. This weekend with the Bills taking on the Kansas City Chiefs, some would th- say that that's the AFC Championship game in itself. Lots going into the game. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're know, being realistic. I think the uh, Chiefs have everything clicking right now. So uh, I think the spread was like uh, two and a half when the going for the Chiefs, and uh, it's probably about right. Um, honestly, though, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised with with any result, even if they blow each other out. To be honest. Uh, you know, as, as a Bills fan, I just have to think we we left home field on the table though with the uh, the six the nine to six loss to the Jaguars, and then uh, you know that kind of crazy weather game against the Patriots, and then even with the Titans with uh, Josh Allen kind of uh, falling down at the goal line. So, so I'm rooting for the Bills, but if I had to put money on it, I probably would uh, probably would lean towards the Chiefs there. Yeah, at the beginning of the season, you know, like I mentioned on uh, last episode, I had Kansas City and Green Bay. I'm gonna still stick with that. I just think Kansas City's kind of clicking right now. A- uh, Nathan, what's your opinion on the NFL season right now? Man, I don't watch a whole lot of football. I know Tom Brady's still the GOAT. Uh, I know the Cowboys are out, and uh, you don't like to see uh, Patrick Mahomes being the opposite quarterback for you. So I'd probably have to go with the Chiefs as well. Yeah. I mean, that's smart money right now, I think, is kind of coming in on the Chiefs. Uh, but like I told everyone, I mean, they really beat up a beat-up, non-existent Pittsburgh Steelers secondary <laughs> who couldn't cover anyone in zone coverage if their life depended on it. But this weekend's the test uh, because Buffalo definitely has the firepower to hang with them. It's just going to come out to whose defenses can make the stops. 
All right, Nathan, last time we spoke, um, you had just knocked out Tony Gravely in the second round. And even though you did get the victory, you did come across with a broken jaw. How is that healing? And when can we expect you back in the UFC ring? Uh, yeah, I got cleared for full contact training um, about two weeks ago. Uh, so I haven't done any sparring or anything like that yet. Um, I have grappled some. I've started wrestling, uh, conditioning, stuff like that. Um, I think it's more mental than it is physical. I think the jaw is fine at this point. Uh, you know, we're just a little bit timid to get hit. We don't want to do it again for sure. <laughs> but um, I'm also going to give you a shot real quick too. Call him out. Call out Sugar Sean right here on the show. Sean O'Malley. Pick up the phone, man. I'm ready. Uh, I've been calling him out after every fight. Um, I don't know. He likes unranked guys, but I think he's trying to stay away from me for some reason. You need to get him on here and ask him. <laughs> I'm not I'm not ranked enough for him to get on my show. <laughs> no, he loves that, man. He loves it. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what. If I could get him on the show and get you on the show, I, I love to see the post, though, that someone made up this quote that you said about him, even though yeah. some of it is kind of true. I mean, you're right. He does – fight a lot of fighters who are unranked yeah uh doesn't seem to like that and i really fully i mean i'm just totally shocked you you aren't ranked right now i really thought after the gravelly you would have knocked the top 15 uh but if it's not sugar sean who are you looking at next uh adrian yanez is always a name um both of us have called each other out uh, it just hasn't really worked out with uh him getting fights booked and, uh, you know, just our schedules haven't worked out so far, but, uh, he's a, he's an up and comer. Him and Sean O'Malley are actually talking about each other now. So I might be the odd man out. I don't know. Well, you know, there's never nothing wrong with being the odd man out. Sometimes it works better in your favor. Oh yeah. I'd love to have winner or even loser. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to get too high of a fight. I don't need nobody in the top five or calling out the champion. I'm fine working my way up. Um, whatever the UFC wants to do, man, a paycheck's a paycheck, and I'm here for it. Absolutely. Well, diving into the UFC 270 card, the main event features a potential one-punch finish uh, with Ngannou versus Gone and main event for the heavyweight title. And then a co-main event, I mean, you couldn't ask for a more exciting fight, perhaps a fight of the year contender already, uh, with Brandon Moreno versus Devinson Figueredo. Uh, for the flyweight title and we're going to what we're going to do is we're going to start at the bottom of the main card though and we're going to kind of break down each fight here uh, the opening contest is 15th ranked bantamweight cody stamen he's 19 four and one he's going to take on syed Negromate ah khabib's brother let's <laughs> made off 14 and two uh, and he has a one fight win streak and hasn't fought those since october 2020 and, you know, sometimes those long layoffs could be a little bit of a concern for someone. And Stamen, on the other hand, though, he has a two-fight losing streak. His last window was against Brian Keller in 2020. We'll start with you, Avery. What's your thoughts on that fight? Yeah, uh, uh, Stamen, he had he'd went up to featherweight for those two losses that he had. So now he's going back to bantamweight where I think he might be more comfortable. So uh, I could see him, him pulling this out here. Uh, but, you know, those uh, – Dagestanis, they're 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 tough dudes. They don't have to say that twice. So, yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I'm going to go with Khabib's brother. Um, it just seems like their game plan always seems to work. Uh, you know, and I know people don't like the lay and pray uh, type fighters, but 
It's very effective. And they do finish people quite often. I mean, they will suck the life out of you and pound you into oblivion. And just something about Cody right now, I'm just not feeling him at all. And I know like you're talking about, he's with some weight classes and has some issues. Uh, but I fully expect um, for Saeed to come out swinging and get the win. Uh, Nathan, this is in your wheelhouse right here. Uh, your thoughts? Uh, this fight's really interesting to me. Um, I was actually just checking the odds, and I seen where Stamen was a, a pretty decent underdog. I think he was in the twos, if I if I remember right. Uh, I think the betting favorite is Norma Gamadoff. That's who I'd have to lean with, too. They have similar styles. Uh, so I, I do think it can get interesting if Stamen can stop a few of the takedowns. Um, if you are going to pick an underdog, I don't think Stamen's a bad bet to go with just because their styles are so, you know, the same. They're, it could turn into a stand-up fight. And uh, I think Stamen might even have the power edge there. Um, if I had to choose, I'm going to go with Saeed Nurmagomedov too, though. You know, the, the, a lot of people, though, underestimate the striking ability of, you know, Khabib and his brother uh, quite often. They always kind of feel like that they're strictly wrestling-based, but they can throw some hands as well. Yeah, for sure. Khabib had a really nice jab. And I think when you're such a great wrestler, it helps set up the hands, too. I don't think you'll see them in straight kickboxing fights, but with that element of the takedown, you will see them let their hands go and be successful with it. Next, we head to the heavyweight division, where Sergey Spivak, who's 13-3, and three, takes on former NFL player Greg Hardy, who's 9-4. and four. Now, Spivak, he's won the, two of his last three, including a decision win over Alessio Olenek back in June. And Hardy has fallen on some hard times after getting that great UFC push there. He's lost two of his last three, and both of those losses have been by knockout. Uh, when I look at this, you know, don't get me wrong. Uh, Greg Hardy is someone who's very dangerous as long as it's on his feet. But he gets in those habits of wanting to stand and trade too much, and I don't think his jaw can hold up. I'm going to pick Spivak with the win. Nathan? Uh, yeah, I got to agree with you. Um, I think Greg Hardy has good power. I think he can catch anybody at heavyweight. Uh, but if you're thinking, you know, more strategic, I think uh, Spivak is going to take him places that, you know, he's not more comfortable being at. And uh, I'm going to take him probably by finish as well. What about you, Avery? I was big of the uh, clean sweep for uh, Spivak there. I think that, uh, that the polar bear pulls this one out pro probably by finish. So, Yeah, and I think this will be the end of the Greg Hardy experiment. Um, it's tough to lose three in a row in the UFC and still have a job. I, I can understand why the UFC was pushing him at first. I mean, who knows? You may have your next big freak athlete like a Brock Lesnar. I mean, it's worth a shot. I know there was a lot of blowback as far as his past, um, but you can't lose three, and it doesn't matter who you are. If you're especially somebody who isn't drawing money for the company, you can't lose three and still have a job. Yeah, I agree with that, too. And uh, he is on the main card still. You know, I think he is still drawing eyes. Um, I could definitely see him be cut after this one. But with the name that he brings and he's still getting main card fights when he has really no business being on the main card, uh, I could see maybe one more. Uh, it's hard to say with what the UFC is thinking. You know, the welterweight matchup on this card, on this main card, is really interesting uh, to me as well because it does have someone who's kind of an unknown, make, kind of making their UFC debut. Uh, and in this matchup, Michael Pierre Lima, 26 and 11, is taking Andre Fialo, who's 14 and three, uh, kind of making his UFC debut. But Fialo does have four consecutive wins um, 
not in the UFC before. So he's on a four-fight win streak, and Lima's on a three-fight win streak. And his last win came against Nico Price back in July. Um, Lima's just one of those fighters I never know what I'm really going to get. Um, 26 and 11, like I said. He seems to have it together for about 70% of the fight, and then sometimes he gets really sloppy and things start to not go his way. Um, but with someone coming in on their UFC debut, I'm going to pick Lima uh, for the victor. Avery? I'm actually going to go with the upset here. Uh, you know what Nate was talking about, looking for like some good uh, good gambling value. This this might be it because uh, uh, Andre Fialo, he, if you look at his uh, – kind of what he's put together. He's 14 and three and 11 of those are by knockout. And one of those was a UFC veteran and a, a ultimate fighter alumnus, James Vick, that he, that he beat in one of the, uh, one of the other uh, promotions. So, uh, so yeah, I think I'm going to go on a limb here for the update, but I'll say uh, if, if Pereira, if Lima Pereira wants to uh, kind of take that next step, like this is a win he has to get because after that kind of really bizarre fight with uh, Diego Sanchez where Diego was like using the force, you know, and, uh, and then he actually lost that with the, with the illegal knee. Uh, he's, he's reeled off three in a row and it would, uh, you know, kind of like looking at the next fight he would get, uh, he'd probably be in line for something a little bigger if he could pull this one out. So. Nathan? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take Piero. Um, you know, he's got a ton of experience and I think that's going to be the main difference in this fight. Uh, you know, the guy making his debut, he might have some nerves. We've all seen what Piera does out there with the backflips, and he has no nerves whatsoever. He's going to come in there and fight his fight. And uh, I actually think he might get a finish in this one, man. He, he's been looking pretty decent. When you look at the welterweight division, what's your overall, you know, it's just such a tough division uh, right now to kind of, at one point it was one of the hottest divisions as far as the company goes, and now it's just kind of one man showed, in my opinion. So, Nate, what's your opinion so far right now in the welterweight division? Uh, I think the top ten is pretty stacked. Um, it's just, you know, it's the same problem as Khabib had. You know, Usman's just putting everybody away. Uh, you know, he's pretty much went all the way back around to fighting guys twice. You know, he's fixing to fight Leon Edwards. Uh, Dana confirmed that, that he'd be the next fight. He beat Masvidal twice, Covington twice. Um, I don't really see anybody that's going to beat Usman. So, I think you're going to have this uh, division kind of stale for the next – three or four years, maybe. As long as Usman's on top, you're always going to have that feeling. Avery? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the same. It's his, uh, it's his until he doesn't want it anymore. So, uh, I mean, there, there are a lot, still a lot of, like, great matchups uh, within that within that top 10 or even top 15. But until anyone can, uh, you know, challenge Usman, he's, he's the probably pound-for-pound pound, uh, best fighter in the world right now. So, kind of reminds me of – go ahead, Nathan. I would like to see Tamayev, you know, make his way up there and fight Kobe Covington and then fight Usman. Um, I've got some guys that train with uh, Tamayev, some insider info that he's just as good as everyone thinks he is, that uh, he can fight Usman today and at least put up a competitive fight. So that's an interesting thing in the welterweight division too. I feel like the welterweight division is the same as when GSP was kind of running the show. There's all these guys who are really good and every one of them could be champion if GSP wasn't the champion at the time, you know, back whenever you're looking at Tiago Alves, the Johnny Hendrixes, Koscheck's, you know, all those guys were right there and probably could have been the champion if GSP wasn't the guy. And that's how I kind of feel with Usman. We've seen Kobe 
multiple times now. I think if they fight 10 times, that's exactly how it's going to turn out. If he fights Masvidal 10 times, that's how it's going to kind of play out as well. For people who want Diaz, listen, that's exactly what's going to happen to Diaz as well. <laughs> and, you know, but Leon's, he's interesting. Um, you know, he's very hot. And I know he took a lot of time away, you know, during the COVID pandemic. He didn't get the chance to get over here. And some of his fights were kind of postponed and canceled. But Leon definitely has the tools. I just think that wrestling of Kamara's is what sets him apart. And when you've won so many times as Kamaru, you know, it's not just beating him once. There's going to be an immediate rematch no matter what. It's beating Kamaru twice, and I think that's going to be hard for anybody to do right now. And do you see him maybe jumping up in a weight class and maybe trying to go after Izzy? I don't see him going after Izzy. They got the African-Nigerian thing, him and Nganu and Izzy. I don't think that they'll ever fight. I don't think Dana will ever throw enough money to get them to. But if Izzy happens to drop that belt, you know, he's got Robert Whitaker coming up. I could see Kamaru going up and fighting one of those guys. Yeah, that Izzy and Whitaker fight is very interesting because sometimes I feel like Izzy gets really sloppy. And yeah. I can see Whitaker catching him. Uh, but then I can also see it just being exactly the way it was the last fight as well. So since we're not going to have a show for that one, what's your pick on that one, Whitaker or Izzy? Uh, I think I'm still going to go with Adesanya. It's just hard to pick against him right now. Uh, I do agree he does get sloppy. His hands drop. His chin's up in the air. I don't know. Robert Whitaker just out-wrestled Kelvin Gastelum his last fight. Uh, I think he could definitely mix it up. And not, maybe even Robert Whitaker said his ego kind of got in the way. And he stood there with him. You could see Robert do a lot of wrestling here. He, he's got a lot of different matchup problems for Izzy. Uh, I still got to go with the champ, though. Avery, what are your thoughts on that fight, Izzy and Robert Whitaker? Yeah, I think I think Whitaker is as focused now as, as he's been really since he he made that first uh, ascent. So so I can see him giving giving a lot of problems, but I still just think uh, Adesanya is he, he's the man at, at uh, middleweight. So I'm gonna go to the co-main event here, and like I said at the opening, this could possibly be a match of the year before this is all said and done. Uh, both of these guys just love the fight, and they're very good at it. Kind of a toss-up, um, you know, for me right at this moment. But in the co-main event, you know, you had the flyweight champion, Brandon Moreno, who's 19-5-2 versus the former champion and number one contender, Devison Figueredo, at 22-1. and one. The last time they met, Moreno caught Figueredo in a submission in the third round to take the title. And the time before that, it was a declared a draw, even though I had Moreno winning that one as well. Uh I know some people had had Figueredo winning that one. Um, but, you know, for Moreno, that was a great moment when he won the title. Um, and his post-fight interview, I mean, it was everywhere. It was all over social media. He really became a star. And then you look at, you know, Figueredo, he's just an absolute assassin. I mean, he really is. And there for a while, I was kind of feeling like he was going to kind of be like Demetrius Johnson. You know, maybe there was no one in that weight class that could kind of stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with him. And, you know, Moreno was somebody who I wasn't quite believing in. And, you know, boy, did he ever make me a believer. Now, right now, uh, Moreno is a minus 170 uh, favorite to retain. But I'm going to pick <laughs> Figueredo to take back the title. 
Uh, yeah, uh, I think this is the one of the harder fights on the entire card to call. It's so even. Um, like you said, Marino is the favorite. Uh, he just hasn't won me over yet. I just I'm not sure how much I believe in him just yet. Uh, I think Figueredo is an animal. Uh, I wish we could have done this after weigh-ins. I feel like that's what beats Figueredo every fight that he loses. He loses on the scale. He has a really hard time making 125. He's a big, ginormous guy for a flyweight. Um, I think he's going to try to be more physical. Hopefully his weight cut goes well. He's going to be more physical, be in Marino's face. Uh, I think Figueredo is going to pull this one out. Yeah, you know, this is a a total coin flip, but I I agree with your definitely your like – your your thoughts about the first fight i mean that was like an arturo Gotti, mickey ward just just war you know they they both had each other hurt they just blasted chunks out of each other for 25 minutes you know and uh but i i, I even with the with the point deduction i probably did have moreno winning that one in the second fight uh, i think uh moreno outstruck him in the first round and then they went to the ground and we saw how that that ended up but i do I do wonder, you know, because uh, this this fight made Moreno like a like a superstar, especially in Mexico. You know, he he's on the Mexican kind of uh, version of uh, Good Morning America. He's hanging out with the president of Mexico. Like, you have to wonder if there's some of that uh, the same thing that got uh, uh, Roberto Duran the first time he beat uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. You know, that before he when he went back the second time, he wasn't the same dude. You know, and it, you wonder if like all this distraction is what uh, it's going to you know affect Moreno. Um, but I, I, I still think, uh, you know, if I had to bet on, I would, I would bet, bet on Moreno. I just think, uh, even in the second fight, like he, his skills just seemed like they had just ascended past, but, but, you know, with, uh, with Davison training with Henry Cejudo, like, you know, he, he could come out and just maul, just maul Moreno in this fight. So, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if I'm still guessing here, I would, I would go with Moreno. So. I feel like both of these guys are going to come out and just try to end the fight as quickly as they can. I feel like one of them's going to make a big mistake, uh, whether it's keeping their hands down too long, or you know, not defending a takedown that leads to a submission. Because I feel like both of them are going to try to prove that they are the better fighter. Sometimes when you do that, it just automatically somebody makes a mistake. I think it's what happened a lot with Conor McGregor when it came to him versus Aldo. I think Conor was so far in Aldo's head that Aldo thought, "I have to go out here and I'm going to knock him out immediately." And what happened? He got clipped on the first punch. And and we all know Aldo's a whole lot better fighter than a one-punch knockout. And sure. so I kind of kind of worry about this fight when it comes to that because I can see Figueredo just, you know, Moreno is not better than me. He got lucky. I had a bad weight cut. It's the only reason why he got me last time. And just coming out and dropping his hands and getting caught. Or Moreno just – that star power just gets to him and maybe he didn't work as hard. Uh, so. I think um, Figueredo training with Zahudo is a, is a really big, you know, unknown in this fight. Uh, what kind of game plan he's going to come out and have. Uh, I do agree. It's going to be a finish. If one of the guys is going to come out, like you said, like Aldo, it's definitely going to be Davison. He kind of has that. I don't know that ego about him as well. Hopefully he doesn't try to come out and prove too much too soon. Um, I think Moreno is going to be lighthearted as he always is in there. And I think that's going to give him some kind of advantage. But I definitely think it's going to be a finish. I'm definitely not betting on it. Like Avery said, it's a coin flip for me, too. Now, you mentioned Henry Cejudo. And before we get to the main event, uh, recently Volkanowski, you know, was left without an an opponent. And Cejudo immediately threw his name out there and said that he would take the fight 
which Dana White said, you know, there's no line jumpers. If you want it, you got to earn it, which we all know that's that's total BS for Dana. To <laughs> only say when they want it that way. Yeah, only <laughs> only for him to say something so stupid like that when we've seen some people <laughs> jump the lines before. But does that Cejudo versus Volkanovski match, you know, does that intrigue you any? Yeah, I love it. Uh, I wish they would have done it. Um, I know there's probably some guys more deserving. I'm not sure that the Korean zombie is one. Uh, you know, he's got one a one-fight win streak. Uh, you can say what you want about Cejudo sitting around for two years or whatever he's been doing. I think he definitely draws more than the Korean zombie does, at least here in America. You know, it's probably not right to say all around the world. But I, I definitely think Cejudo is a bigger draw. Um, I don't know who I would pick in that fight. You know, they have similar skill sets, really tough wrestlers. Um, Volkanovski isn't the biggest featherweight as far as height-wise, so that actually helps Cejudo a little bit with the size. Um, I think it's a very interesting fight. I'm surprised that they uh, went the route and not doing it. And another name that kind of popped up was them perhaps trying to bring back DJ uh, since one's kind of been on this hiatus, maybe trying to work out a deal with to bring DJ back for a fight. Would DJ versus Volkanovski intrigue you any? Uh, yeah, I think the speed would be a big deal uh, as far as DJ's speed and his movement and his footwork. Um, it's a little bit different than Cejudo's strengths. Um, I think I would pick Volk in that fight. I know Mighty Mouse has kind of had some ups and downs of, of late. Uh, I don't think he's necessarily the same guy he was, you know, four or five years ago. Uh, I would take Volkanovski in that fight, but it's a big draw too. Yeah, and you mentioned the Korean zombie. And the thing about the Korean zombie is, is anytime he's fighting on TV, I'm tuning in. Because it 100% has the chance to be a fight of the year. Uh, because oh, yeah. you have I to throw the, the kitchen sink at that man. So <laughs> I would be okay for a Volkanovski versus Korean zombie fight. I know, like you're saying, it may not be the big draw, but you could throw another fight on that card to help, you know, as far as the draw goes. You can move sure. some things around. Uh, but, man, zombie always comes with it. Yeah, no, you yeah, almost I wonder if Dana White would look at that as like a kind of like a lifetime achievement fight for Korean zombie. Like you, you, you know, left your left left your brains in the ring, you know. So, uh, yeah, use a little zombie reference there. So, like you know, almost like a like thank you for everything you've done. Uh, but I don't think he, uh, who, who knows, you know. But uh, I don't think he'd have a too much of a shot at that one. Well, and there's a also thought, you know, if zombie didn't have to be involved within the Korean military and be gone like he had, he may have been a champion already. Yeah, he did fight uh, Jose Aldo back in the day for the 45 strap too and ended up, I think, dislocating his shoulder. And uh, Jose got like a four, fourth round TKO, but it was just from an injury. Uh, so, I mean, I, I'm definitely not trying to talk about his skills. He's a really good fighter. I know one of the things Dana said was, you know, working your way up and this and that. Um, I, that to me means a win streak, you know, earning, earning your shot. And maybe like Avery said, a lifetime achievement, you know, you have been here putting in work. Um, I think it's going to be a, a good fight. I think Volkanovski is definitely going to win in my opinion, but uh, I think it's going to be a banger for sure. Yep. And now we go to the main event and uh, interim champion, Sorrell Gon, who's 10 and 0 takes on the heavyweight undisputed champion, Francis Ngannou, who's 16 and three, uh, and let's just be honest, this fight could be over in three seconds, or it could be a very long, drawn-out filling process for five rounds. But Ngannou hasn't fought since his KO of Stipe, and then, of course, Ngannou 
totally took out Derek Lewis, or Gon totally took out Derek Lewis uh, in brutal fashion. And right now, Gon is a 125 favorite. Um, this matchup, I'm not quite sure yet about Sorrell Gon. When you look at the caliber of people that he's beat in the UFC, I get that they are they were in the top ten with Derek Lewis, Junior Dos Santos, uh, Volkov, but those guys are not Steve A. Ganu, you know, Cormier type people. Uh, so I'm going to go with Ngannou here. I just don't think Gon has had the fights that make me believe in him yet. Um, I'll go next. Um, yeah, I think I'm actually going to go with Gon. Uh, I'm surprised that the odds are, are like that. I didn't think everybody else would be behind it the same way. Um, I've been in the locker room with Gon over in TKO. I've watched him warm up. He really does move like a 155er. He's very fast, um, has a, a ton of different weapons. Uh, I think we all agree if Ngannou wins, he lands the shot. Uh, I think – or, yeah, Ngannou wins, he lands the shot. I think Gon can win by decision. Uh, I think he can overload him like he kind of did Derek Lewis when actually get a TKO. Um, he's actually got a heel hook victory in the UFC. Uh, I don't think it would be a crazy thing to see Ngannou or uh, Gon switch it up and get the takedown and try to be on top maybe with a submission or ground and pound, elbows that he likes to throw. Uh, I think Gon has a lot more ways to win this fight. Obviously, he can get knocked out in the first three seconds, and I look silly. But uh, I'm going to go with Gon uh, being the more complete fighter, I think. Yeah, uh, Nate, I have to ask you, uh, so you, you were, I believe, in Canada when you shared the locker room with TKO. Uh, was that quite a bit different than being in uh, Harlan, Kentucky? <laughs> uh just a little bit man just very little things <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm from harlan originally so I, I know what it's like there you know it's a place you you gotta want to get to up there in the mountains so so when i saw that i thought oh man so <laughs> i pretty uh, much warmed up in the staircase for harlan so <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i you know th this is an interesting fight i, I love that this fight has a storyline behind it too because not not all main events do but uh kind of the uh uh, Fernand Lopez is like the, the spurred trainer, but he, you know, his story is that he uh, kind of cast an, uh, Francis away after he'd had that second loss and then came back and won and then like kind of, you know, went to America again. And that uh, Cyril Gaon is like his man coming up. And Francis's story is that he just outgrew the MMA factory gym there in France. So, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I just like watching, watching Cyril's fights. I, I just, it doesn't seem like he's been in trouble yet. Like, uh, like he maybe lost a round against Volkov, but that uh, you know, I agree with you, Aaron. That like this is like a whole like step up in uh, in competition, and I, I, I I'm very surprised that uh, with the power that he has, that Ngannou is the uh, is the 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 dog here. So, but I do think he's gonna he's gonna lay one on him and uh, and and win by KO. But uh, you know, th this is one of the things I always point out that I, I do wish there was like at least one more one more like uh, weight class in between light heavyweight and heavyweight because, you know, Cyril uh, Gaon, like he, like, I think he walks around like 250, 245. So to, to fight these guys that have to cut weight to get to 265, like, you know, like he, he's the perfect guy, like in that middle range that, uh, you know, could be a dominant champion. Yeah. They actually have him listed as 234. Hmm. So he, and, you know, and then they have Francis at 255. So, 
give or take, you know, I'm sure Francis weighs almost 270, 280. Heck, he almost may weigh 300 some nights. Uh, the only thing that kind of worries me about Francis in this fight is he's been very open about his contract status. And when people start talking about their contract status, it usually isn't good. Uh, it makes me feel like that they're not focused and sometimes they get caught. You know, maybe he's thinking too far ahead. Uh, how he's saying this could be his last fight unless they redo his contract. Uh, so, but yeah, it's it's going to be a banger uh, for sure. And both of these guys, if they land it, it the other one's going to go out. And I just see Francis as the better boxer. And so, therefore, that's why I'm giving the edge to Francis. Yeah, I do definitely see a world, though, where, where Cyril, like, uh, with leg kicks, like, kind of immobilizes Francis, like, a, a Crow Cop, Bob Sap style, and uh, picks him apart from there. Because a couple of finishes that he had, like, he had the elbow against Junior Dos Santos. So that was really set up with leg kicks. And, uh, uh, there's Don Tail Mays, I believe his name. Like he, you know, his body kick after body kick just brutalized his body at uh, you know, then set up the KO there. So I think there's definitely a path for him to win. I just, you know, again, I just think it's that uh, a huge step up here. Yeah, I think Gon's definitely gonna go for that lead leg. He's gonna try to take away some of that power that uh Nganu has. I think he's gonna move around a lot in the first two rounds. I think he's definitely gonna try to get this fight into at least the third round before he really starts working with the elbows, maybe some up close stuff. Uh, it's the movement for me more than anything. I think it's just the in and out movement, the feints, everything that had Derek Lewis kind of froze up, uh, I think is what he's gonna bring out here. And then maybe even switch up and uh, shoot a takedown or two. But uh, it's gonna be a good fight. I think Francis is coming in with a lot more pressure. Like you said, the contract, uh, Fernand Lopez and all the things that they have got going on. Uh, you can see it in interviews. Every time he doesn't, you feel the chip on his shoulder. I don't think Surreal feels any of that. I think he's 10 and 0. He's still relatively young in his career. Uh, I think he's going to go in there and just perform, uh, but we'll see. And I want to thank you guys for hopping on here with me tonight. For everyone, don't forget UFC 270 is this Saturday. Uh, Nathan, thank you so much, man. Best of luck in your recovery. Can't wait to see you in Octagon soon. Avery, sir, thank you so much as well. Uh, we'll do it again. Yeah, yeah good luck, Nate. Uh, yeah, you know, we, uh, the last couple of times, uh, fight of the fight or performance of the night. So, uh, you know, if you go out and, uh, you know, uh, have a stinker, we're going to be like, what in the world, you know? So, uh, but good <laughs> luck, man. We're totally rooting for you. I tell him all the time he starts slow. <laughs> Starts I'm tired. everybody wants to talk about toughness man i'm ready to go in there and just get a clean victory for once i'm tired of being tough <laughs> there you go for everyone else out there make sure you're doing what you need to do so you all can attend all these great sporting events out there uh, make sure to give us a follow on spotify and apple and we will see you all next week